We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And one of the things that I noticed last week was that um, this defensive line, especially the tackles, they're starting to look more like an SEC defensive front. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Welcome into episode three of Mizzou. That's who here on the KC Sports Network. I am one of your wonderful co-hosts, Tucker Franklin, joined with Gabe DeArmond and Maggie Johnson. It's a great day. We are 10 days away. At the time of recording this podcast, we are Chase Daniel days away from recording, or not recording, from the kickoff of the football season. Gabe, you made a really good point. Really, football season is here. Uh, week zero is here. On Saturday, it kicks off at 11, I believe, uh, Austin P and Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky. Big game. Look Big at game. that. Look <laughs> at that. So, Gabe, how are you doing now that football is football's back? Um, I guess I have to start working again, but uh, I'm just honored to be here on episode three. Many people said we would never make it this far, but uh, but here we are three weeks in. Three weeks in, and we get to see Maggie once again. Maggie, how are you doing? How has it been? Uh, we, we do like to make jokes that you're on vacation quite a lot. Um, you're coming back from another trip. How was your trip? Oh, my trip was great. I will say... Okay, I feel like I'm done for a while, and I think I need to be. First 10 minutes on the beach, stung by a jellyfish. I've never, I've been to the beach, I can't even tell you how many times. And go out there, I'm like waist deep. I was in Hilton Head, you can go out pretty far. Stung by a jellyfish, I was like, okay, um, let's get to football season. (laughs) Let's get to my only trips being to Como for a bit. It's a good sign. Good sign of things happen. But before we get into uh, – we have a conversation here with Howard Richards, uh, color analyst for the Tiger Football Network. Also did a whole lot of other stuff, too. You can check out his Wikipedia page. I did. It's very impressive. Uh, before we get into that, you have to thank Charlie Hustle for outfitting us. I'm not wearing a Mizzou shirt today. Um, I broke out the uh, Timberwolf shirt. Uh, shout out to Worlds of Fun. They're bringing back the Zambezi Zinger. Um, my favorite. So, it was my favorite uh, growing up. We went there all the time. I like couldn't get – I didn't like upside-down rides. Right. And I think that was like a regular one. So I loved it. I was on it all the time. 
Yeah, I actually have a Zambezi Zinger Charlie Hustle t-shirt. I would have worn it if I knew that was the theme. But oh, I should, have, <laughs> should have communicated a little bit better. But uh, make sure to go check out their their collection that they've got. They're going to have a Mizzou drop coming up soon. I believe it's a month from Tuesday. So on September the 23rd is going to be their uh, college capsule for uh, Mizzou. So make sure that you are subscribed to their notifications. Go to the Charlie Hustle website and you can hear, uh, you can get notifications on the updates. But uh, let's get into our conversation with Howard. All right. As promised, Howard Richards there in one corner of your screen and, um, Shout out to Howard coming off the injured list to to join us today. So uh, we appreciate that. Got got everything done before the season started, and and I, I guess you're uh, you're ready for football like the rest of us, eh? I am. You know, it, it's been uh, a quick what nine months, almost nine months since uh, the bowl game, and um, actually the time has flown by. But you know, once spring ball's over, I think the countdown makes that time just just fly by. So uh, here we are. And uh, we are, what, 10 days away from the season opener. So um, I'm excited. I've had a chance to see the team a little bit. Um, like a lot of the things that I've seen and read thus far. Um, so let's get right into it. Yeah. Um, like, I don't want to date you and say you played a little while ago. Yeah, but I'm, back I'm, when, I'm good with it, Gabe. I'm good. Back, back, back when you played, there was actually an offseason. There is no offseason now. But I'm, I'm curious. I mean, players always say, hey, when, when they get to camp, the juices start flowing. Like, in your role now, um, you know, do you still get excited? Hey, the beginning of the season, season opener for for you and Mike and, and Chris here in 10 days? I do. Um, you know, I've played a lot of football, obviously. Um, and – you know, this time of year, when you start talking about camps opening and, and uh, you know, press conferences and all that stuff, the blood really starts to get you going. Usually around my birthday, which is August 7th, um, I've either, either starting camp or been in camp. And obviously that, that's come and gone two weeks ago. Uh, and I pretty much always spent my birthday in camp. So that's for me, that's when it becomes uh, more of a reality. Um, and. You know, whether it's high school football, college football, or the NFL, um, I still feel like uh, I should be going into somebody's locker room and dressing out, uh, even even at 63. Um, but it's still it's still a fun time of year. I think everyone looks forward to the start of, of the college football season with, with great anticipation. And, you know, with so much change this year with, um, you know, NIL firmly entrenched, of course, we've had the transfer portal for a little bit now. Um, but with, with all the movings and, and comings and goings in college football and, you know, the conference, uh, teams changing conferences and moving across country, um, I, I think we have probably more to talk about this season than maybe ever before. I, I think you missed your chance to suit up that COVID year when they went down to Mississippi State with like 47 guys. If you would have gone down on the sideline and said, Eli, I could go at, at right tackle, he'd have put you in. No I told him I've got a series in me. He thinks I only got one play. But listen, I know my body a little bit better than he does. So. I was about to ask if you had any eligibility left. <laughs> well, I mean, I you can come back, right? From the after you've been I only played four years. Um, I guess maybe the fact that I signed a pro contract probably eliminates. <laughs> Right. Uh, not not anymore. That's, not anymore. that's now all perfectly legal. <laughs> they give you like eight years now, too. So. Hey, Brad Sham uh, texted me this morning. He goes, hey, the, the Cowboys are still looking for a swing tackle. So I said, tell Gary. <laughs> he sends me the contract. I'll sign it. 
<laughs> so so I want to start there, kind of big picture. You were talking about the transfer portal, and I, I'm curious. I mean, look, it took me a while this this camp to kind of figure out who everybody is. So how much – they brought in 25 guys in the portal over the last two years. I think it was 12 this year. So are you still kind of in that process of, of getting to know this team and some of these new guys and, and figure out who's where? I am. Um, you know, I went to the scrimmage a week ago Thursday, and um, you know, once you actually see guys on the field a little bit, you, you start to uh, figure out who they are. Uh, you know, the, the, the new linebacker, uh, Hopper, um, some of the new freshmen, Graciel, of course, Luther Burden III, um, but also some of the guys that had been out, you know, a year ago. It's good to see Ennis Rakestraw back on the field again. And, um, you certainly got a, a, a new freshman quarterback in Sam Horn, uh, the other kid that transferred in from Mississippi State. So uh, there are, you know, new faces at every position, uh, the, the, the new running backs. Um, but it, it'll take a while, you know, over the next 10 days, I'll get a chance to really look at the roster. And, um, by September 1st, I'll have a much, much better feel than I do today for it. So did uh, anybody, some film. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did anybody impress you? Any, any of the transfers maybe, or the young guys that you saw? I know you said that you were, imp- you've liked a lot of what you've seen. So. Yeah. Uh, certainly Hopper at, at linebacker position. Uh, I thought Sam Horn looks like he's been taking snaps um, on a college team for a while now. He just looks he's, – he's got the size. He looks very poised. Uh, his arm is strong. He's, he's throwing with accuracy. And again, I, I saw him in a limited role, but what I saw of him um, is, is he looked a lot better than Jack Abraham did. Uh, and I was surprised at his size. I mean, he's a big guy. And, uh, I mean, I, I think today's prototypical quarterback – kind of look like what Sam Horn looks like. Um, and, you know, if 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 size is an indicator, then, you know, Mizzou's halfway there. Now you just got to get the guy um, ready to go and, and get him producing and, and having results with, with his receivers. I think the wide receiver core is maybe the strongest group on the field. Um, you know, it, it, very talented guys. No one really being a what I call a superstar yet. You know, certainly Burden comes in with a lot of hype, but he's not taking a snap at all. And I hope people are are very reluctant or, you know, just want to pump the brakes on anointing this young man as being the savior for Missouri football. Um, because he, what he's going to find out, he's probably found out already, uh, which was different for him at East St. Louis. There's guys on his roster that can cover him. There will be guys on this in this league that can cover him. So it's going to be incumbent upon him to figure out, you know, how do I beat these athletes that are maybe as good as I am, you know, uh, but I've got to figure that out. I've got to figure that out with coaching. I got to figure it out from what I do on the field, you know, whether it's working a little extra before practice or after practice. It's one thing to have great talent, but that's only going to carry you so far. You've got to utilize everything you've learned. You got to work at this. I mean, all the great players work extra, uh, and Burden would be no exception. I want to keep it there on that offensive side of the ball because I think obviously the biggest story is they lose Tyler Bay to the NFL draft. There's a lot of production that they kind of have to start to make up there. I think I, I crunched the numbers, and at 36% of Mizzou's total offense last year came from Tyler Beatty, 39% of it if you don't count the bowl game where he didn't play in. Um, so that's a lot of production coming from a guy 
Where do you kind of think they start to make that up at? I know it's not probably going to be all one guy. You can't replace that one Tyler Beatty role with one guy. And you mentioned the wide receiver room being, being, being very talented. Where do you think they start to make that production up at? I think at every position, every position has to contribute. Okay. You, you can't just say, well, we lost Beatty. We've, we've lost all of our, our offensive weaponry. Um, and which is why I think they went out and, and tried to make improvements at every position, especially on offense. Um, I think the impact that Tyler Beatty had on this running backs group, um, I believe was immeasurable. Hey, he's, he's playing for a really good assistant coach. One of the best in the business at uh, Curtis Looper, great recruiter, but a great teacher also. Uh, and I say that because I've talked to a number of players that, uh, Curtis has coached over the years. They all say the same thing. So Larry Roundtree the third uh, at, at Looper's wedding um, back in July, and he he goes, "I'm here because of Loop." Um, so that that speaks volumes. They all have so much respect for Lo what Looper teaches. And then a guy who was somewhat unheralded like Tyler Beatty comes in and and he only leads the SEC in rushing last year. Um, but I think his imprint in the running backs room. Um, will go a long way. Uh, look at a guy like Michael Cox, who is a really talented guy, maybe sort of uh, behind the radar, but the guy has slimmed down, lost, I don't know, 20, 30 pounds. Um, and I believe that he's kind of a wild card. Um, from what I saw of him in the spring game of in 2021, I mean, he was running over guys, running around them. Um, and he's one of those guys that, I mean, everyone talks about all the other ones in the room, but 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 Cox is one of those guys, I think, that if he gets an opportunity, he's not going to blow it. He's going to take full advantage of it. But And I think that's infectious. I think that that spreads, kind of proliferates throughout that room. Um, that said, <clears throat> I think my, my two concerns I have with the offense uh, would be the lack of cohesion uh, along the offensive line. And then, you know, what kind of production will you get from a tight end group? Uh, it's just not there. You know, talented guys again, but they just are unproven. Um, but I, what I hope happens is that Eli and this, his offensive staff really try to integrate those tight ends into the offense early on in the season to really see how they can contribute. Um, uh, but, yeah, the offensive line is always going to be key, especially with a, with a uh, new starting quarterback, um, new running backs, you know, some new key pieces. Uh, it's always going to boil down to how successful, how well, how cohesively your offensive line plays. You're so right about that, the running backs, because I've, we talked about this a little bit last week about how we've had, Mizzou has had great running backs. I mean, how many years, at least 10 years or 15, even I would say going back to when I was at Mizzou. And I just feel like they're, we always have great running back leaders and they're kind of that person they take a lot of snaps and like that the vast majority of them but i feel like they do always they're that kind of like a second coach like we have looper but you do have that leader that's there to be like you know to give tips and do things like that so i think we've been really lucky in terms of running backs and i even said last week i'd put the running backs we've had the past however many years up against really any in the sec obviously Beatty. I mean, he was the leading rusher in the SEC, but I mean, Roundtree and Crockett. And I mean, you just keep going. And so we, we talked about that, about how it's an important role, but I think a lot of people are a little nervous about 
but maybe they don't need to be as nervous about. Yeah, I'm not nervous about it. I, my nervous factor would be just how well the line plays. You got a guy, a brand new center, you know, you're replacing. Even going back to what my Eddie did the last two years, um, the guys that played before him, uh, Castillo, Tristan Castillo, uh, Evan Bain and, and Mitch Morris, all those guys that have played have been, you know, have had key roles in the success and production of this offense. So, you know, there, it, it, there's always a little bit of hesitation uh, about, you know, who's taking snaps when some new guy comes in. I've heard a lot of good things about Connor Tallis. And the, the, the one thing I think of mild concern right now is that his weight is down. Um, but, you know, when you're, you're going through the heat of the summer, it's hard to keep weight on. I always struggle with keeping weight on. Uh, but now that, you know, your, your work level is going to sort of stable off here in your game weeks, um, you can start to, you know, add more poundage as the season progresses. So uh, if he can, if he can, maintain, you know, at least where he is now and add a few pounds. And, and I think he's a pretty strong guy. Then I think he'll be okay there. So Howard, Eli's an offensive guy. Everybody, I think kind of thinks yeah, he'll, he'll figure out the offense, you know, they'll be okay. Right. I, I mean, defense, you tell me if you disagree with this, they went from being legitimately maybe the worst in the country to a eh, little below average second half of last season. I think the goal is just, start out a little before below average and you might be okay. I mean, that doesn't sound like a big task for Blake Baker, but the way the first half of last year went, it, it might be a big task, especially with all these new guys. It couldn't be any worse. It could right, not exactly. be any worse. I, I think if, like, like, do you think they improved or do you just think there was only one direction to go? I think both. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah. it, certainly, certainly the, uh, the, the latter was true. But I think they actually did make some improvements. You know, some guys started to step up uh, the freshman. Chad Bailey. Yeah, yeah. Th those guys, I think they really, for whatever reason, they got a clue and, and just started playing. I don't know if the, the pressure of playing so poorly uh, forced them to step it up. Um, but then, you know, guys like Isaiah McGuire uh, really started playing better. Uh, they, you got better production out of the interior defensive front which you have to have in this league. And one of the things that I noticed last week was that um, this defensive line, especially the tackles, they're starting to look more like an SEC defensive front. You know, you, you got guys plus, you know, 310, 320 in there, and and, and they're taller. You know, they're, you're not these six-foot midgets running here. <laughs> you got to have some size. You got some height on you, too. Yeah. Um, to a bigger frame, hey, because because you're, you're blocking guys. I mean, you're going against guys that are a big frame, six four, six five, six six. So I always said, look, if you you put me up against a guy that's six two or six three, at me at my height, I'm not I'm not getting beat. I'm not going to get beat by a guy at six three, not consistently anyway. I'm going to dominate against a guy like that. So you know, my mindset was probably a little bit different then, but. Uh, I think there's a lot of truth to uh, to that. You got you, you have to have guys that kind of at least look the part. So when they walk up to the line of scrimmage, it's not like from the first play out they're thinking, "Oh, we we got this," because these guys are just little little dudes out here. But you at least look the part. Uh, you won't know until you you get the first smackdown on the first. You, snap. you never know. Every now and then, a little dude can get something done, Howard. Well, so, and, and, you know, yeah, those, those of I, us that are five eight. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I'm not discounting, you know, certainly 
small guys can can, can certainly pack a punch and, and just maybe not a defensive tackle. Yeah. There you go. There you go. You, need, um, you need to get off the bus team. You need to, you need those guys <laughs> that get off the bus first. Hey, listen, I've heard <laughs> you guys that look great getting off the bus, but they probably should have gotten right back on that bus. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of to go I'll, off I'll that. Just just, I was just going to add though. Yeah. On paper, I think they addressed the glaring holes from last year, especially from the start of the season. Now it's up to all those puzzle pieces, you know, to develop and and get ready to play on September 1st. And then you do it consistently, you know, week in, week out, quarter one through quarter four. That's the type of production uh, that this team has to have from a defensive standpoint to, to win in this league, to be better than six and six. That's kind of something I wanted to talk to you about is what do you think the strength of this defense will be like now? We, we talk, spent a lot of time talking about last year, how they couldn't stop the run. We talk about the negatives. What do you think the strength of this defense is going to be? At the outset, I think it's going to be um, the experience, uh, especially guys from the secondary, the guys on the edge, uh, uh, Jeff Coat, McGuire, yeah. um, Chad Bailey, uh, Carlisle, Chris Abrams, Drain, both had pretty good years. Um, the, the freshman came on strong last year, DJ. Uh, uh, you tell me Jackson. last year, Jackson. Yeah, um, I, I was really impressed with with DJ uh, at the end of the season. But I think that experience. I, I think you know the steps that they made toward the end of the season. You know that carries over through spring, throughout the summer. Everyone becomes more familiar with each other. And now, I mean, I think you still have a somewhat favorable schedule the first three weeks. Kansas State, it's a winnable game. they got to go out there and win it. They're not going to lay down, but but this is not an impossible game. They're probably situated like Mizzou is. Um, but but it's a game that, you know, if Missouri goes up to Manhattan, Kansas, and wins that game and, and doesn't trip up in, in week one or week three, you know, they should go into Auburn uh, with a lot of confidence. You know, and because because I don't know that we know, I don't know that Auburn has is the type of team that it wants to be right now. Um, <laughs> they, they've obviously had you know, a lot of controversy down there with the head coach, and you know, regardless of what people say, that stuff matters, and and it's in the heads and minds of people. Um, so again, it's gonna it's it, those first three weeks uh, are are pivotal, um, and. Not only do you want to you want to win those games, need to win those games, but you want to look good playing in those games in, in all phases, especially defense. I worry a little less about the offense outside of the offensive line, but you want to look good. You want to you want to show that man. We've we, we've we've taken all these weaknesses, um, and we have ratcheted up, uh, you know, our personnel, our play. We've got a new defense coordinator. We're going to play with with uh, more pressure. We're going to play with more of attacking style, uh, and and we're going to, uh, you know, not allow you know big runs and big plays. Those are things that have to uh, be eliminated early on. Those big gash plays, big chunk plays. And by the way, you got to get some turnovers. You got to force turnovers on the defense. So I know that it's been a little bit of concern thus far uh, in camp. Uh, but, you know, it doesn't matter until you get uh, into the games. That's where – I don't care what you do in camp, but, you know, you, you've got to be at least working towards making a difference uh, once you're playing against another opponent instead of your own people. Yeah. 
I kind of want to transition a little bit. We don't want to take up too much of your time today, but I kind of had a question I wanted to ask you about um, recruiting. So we talk a lot on here about, and I talk a lot to my um, other Mizzou fans about the importance of keeping in-state guys here. Um, I think there was just a, um, a chart out that said something about the 2023 class and like the top 300 players in Missouri had nine of them. Uh, what do you think it'll take to see more Missouri guys stay home? And like, what made you choose Mizzou? Well, speaking of right now, it's going to take you know more wins and, and against better play, uh, better play against formidable competition, especially in the SEC. It's plain and simple. I don't know that there's any other formula than that. Uh, once these players, when they look at the flagship, um, the, the biggest program in the state, and they see that you know they're winning and they're looking good and guys are making plays, that's what makes you want to become a part of that. Um, and to some extent, that was what uh, that was what did it for me as well. Missouri has always had big play guys. Uh, I looked at it for, for programmatically speaking. Uh, I chose Missouri because. I had an inkling, although I didn't really know, but of course you think you want to be able to play at the professional level and the type of offense Missouri ran at the time was, you know, not run or not pass dominant. So there was a nice mix um, of, of run and pass, which from the standpoint of playing professionally, you've got to learn how to pass block, pass protection. And so, you know, guys like uh, Morris Towns and James Taylor, who, you know, first round and second round draft picks, uh, at tackle for me, those were the gold standards, and I, I felt that um, you know, I, I could have the type of success that they did. Uh, and, and actually, JT should have been a first-round pick had he not gotten hurt and missed, I think, maybe three or four games in his senior year. Uh, but they were the they were the role models for me, and um, and I think they were probably as among the best, you know, the the prior two or three years in the country. Uh, as good as any other uh, offensive tandem, uh, offensive tackle tandem in the country. So they treated me well when I came in, um, and it just felt like home. You hear guys talking about Missouri felt like home. It did feel like home for me. I ended up canceling my my sixth and final visit to, of all places, KU. Like, <laughs> why, why would I want to go? Why would I go visit KU? I I, I found my spot, and uh, it, it, it worked out perfectly for me. Now, people who do what I, yeah, people who do what I do were not around in 1978 to rank recruiting classes. But anybody that wants to go look, if you can find it, the class that Howard came in with, I like Howard. It's fair to say maybe the best recruiting class in the history of Missouri as far as what you guys went on to become, right? See, Gabe, you're the only one who said that, and I appreciate <laughs> you so much for that because everyone Dude, talks about you know this class and that class. And even all the great teams that Gary Pinkle had, and I, I kind of mentioned this to him once. I said, you know, Coach, you put a lot of guys in the NFL, and you had some great success, but, you know, you never had as many guys drafted in one class as my senior year, or, you know, in the 1981 draft. We had seven guys. To date, tied only with the 1943 class. You have done my research. Uh, that's the highest <laughs> number of Missouri players drafted is, is seven in one draft. Now – there's some guys that got uh, redshirted. There could have been even more in my class, nine, maybe 10 guys, um, if not for injuries and redshirts. But very well, talented. I think most of us, other than one, 
maybe Wendell Ray went on to play at least probably five years. So okay. maybe Bill yeah. Whitaker, but, but Eric Wright, James Wilder, Johnny Pohl, Ron Fellows, <laughs> myself. Um, who's the other one? Um, I can't even think of who it is right now. <laughs> well, Wendell, Wendell Ray made a nice contribution to the University of Missouri about 25 years after that, too. Uh, uh, someone called Shane Ray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so works. we want okay. to uh, we want to I want to wrap you up with this. Just uh, you've been around this place when it's going, when it's packed. Um, yeah. And we've seen the last few years and obviously Look, we're eight years from Missouri really playing a meaningful football game. I feel like we do this every August and we say, man, this is like the most important year ever. But year three of Eli, these recruiting classes, you've got to do something to get these these people coming back. I mean, just I don't know what success is, whether it's seven wins, nine wins, whatever, but not putting a number on it. But just how how big is this year for this program? I've I have described it like this. I, I think this is a pivotal year. I don't think it's a critical year. I think okay. depending on what happens in year three will determine how critical year four will be. Obviously, with the type of talent that uh, has come in for, for the 2022 season, even though they're freshmen, there's a lot of expectation. And, and, and those that have also transferred in, but there's a lot of high expectations. Guys don't really come in now and you don't really expect them to sit for a year or two or three, like they do at Alabama. The expectation is that these guys are talented enough to play right now. And I think you have to have that. And I think that's what the expectation is with um, with the players that Eli has brought in. So you, you made a good point. I don't know what that number is. I don't know what it equates from the standpoint of wins. But it, it certainly has to be seen in production on the field. You know, certainly not giving up tons of rushing yards – uh, the defense has got to get off the field. More turnovers, um, offensive consistency, scoring in the red zone. That's the type of production that I want to see on a regular basis, on a consistent basis from week in, week out. If we have that, you know, that win total could could jump from six to eight, maybe nine. I don't know. Um, so I I do not put myself in that little bucket and trying, trying to predict which games that Missouri is going to win. I don't necessarily think it's fair uh, because I think it, it, it it's what's determined is what happens throughout the week from week to week. Injuries, um, it, what shows up from your opponents, all those things. Um, but, I, but I think that the talent, what Eli has learned as a head coach the previous two seasons, um, bowled a little bit better for this team this year. Uh, so I think they're positioned to take the next step. Whether they will or not, um, I don't know. But but I think the puzzle pieces are there. Talent, experience, atmosphere. Um, they've, get, they've got a shot to, to take that next step. Well, Howard, uh, hey, I'm going to be back in the press box the first time in three years. So I look forward right. to seeing you keep, keep Mike in line. And, and I know a lot of people will be listening this year. Some things are impossible, man. But, you know, I'll keep <laughs> – you know, I, I got the old hook, the claw. When I need to talk, I just put it around his neck and just say, <laughs> my turn. <laughs> Howard, thanks a lot, man. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, great talking to you. Um, need me in the future. I'm, I'm all ready. I'm all yours. Perfect. Thank you, awesome. sir. Man. Thanks, Howard. See you guys.
Big thanks to Howard for joining us on today's podcast. Great conversation there. Uh, but before we get any further, if you are a Mizzou fan living in enemy territory, I've got a really good deal for you. And that's from our friend. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. At DraftKings Sportsbook, they're coming to the Sunflower State in Kansas, and it won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home. And to celebrate, all new customers will receive $100 in free bets when you sign up using the code KCSN. Plus, one lucky customer will win a $100,000 free bet. That's right, $100,000 free bet. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you $100 in free bets just for signing up today, and no deposit required. That's my favorite part about this. Soon you'll be able to bet on money lines, spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. Plus, you'll be entered to win a $100,000 free bet when you sign up. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up using the code KCSN to get $100 in free bets. To use once mobile sports betting hits Kansas. That's September 1st. We've already had that date come out, so make sure you are ready to go if you are living in Kansas by September 1st. Mizzou's first game. Plus one customer will win a $100,000 free bet. That's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 800-522-4700. Must be 21 years or older. Physically present in Kansas. Eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at DraftKings.com sportsbook. Subject to regulatory licensing requirements. One per customer. $100 issued as $425 free bets. No purchase necessary for sweepstakes. Void where prohibited. Ends first day DraftKings is allowed to operate in Kansas. See terms at dkng.co slash ks. Now that our friends at DraftKings are taking care of us, thanks to them, um, make sure that you go check them out. Let's talk a little bit about that conversation we had with Howard. I, I, I really liked his optimism about the defense, um, especially – I know for me personally, that's one of the big concerns I have. Hearing him be a little bit optimistic is promising to me. Well, I, I like that he said, I mean, because I agree, it can't be worse. There, yeah. You can't be worse than you were in the first six games last year, right? I mean, right. it's it, it got to the point, it was like, you know, watching a Chiefs game for two years, you go, I just get one stop, they'll win. Now, Missouri <laughs> didn't have that offense, right? But it, you were going, it was the same, and then you were going, just get one stop. See how that feels. See, see if right. you like that. Then, then maybe, maybe you do it again. <laughs> um, but I, I think the big key is, and this ties into what he was saying. You just can't have any more Tennessees. You can't have any games that are over in the first quarter this year. Yep. You know, that's what he was talking about progress at the end. That's progress to me. Just 
compete because there were just too many times Missouri just wasn't competitive last year. Yeah. No, I agree. I I like honestly a lot of what he said. I'm excited that he said he saw some great things from the transfers and the young players. I know that that's a lot that we talk about in my Mizzou Twitter group chats. Um, we brag about how you know we stole Hopper from Florida and we do all of this. So and even though I know we've touched on this as well. Hopper really only had a good game against us last year, but I mean, it was enough for us to be like, okay, he can come play for us. So I'm excited that he was seeing positive things from transfers. That's why you go to the portal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm interested. I'm interested. So we got to see briefly, I, I don't even call it a practice Saturday night. We saw him walk around. They played against air, whatever, yeah. but we were there to, to write down the, the first string and second string on offense and defense. And, I'm interested to see, and part of it is because they have so many transfers, but if Saturday night was an indication, Luther Burden's the only true freshman playing a major role on this team out of the gate. And I, I, I'm not saying that necessarily is a, a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know what it means, but I do find it interesting because like Howard was saying, hey, you know, these guys are brought in and, and the thought is they're good enough to play day one. Now, maybe that's a really good sign, right, that that it means they hit on all these transfers and that some of these guys got better and, and they don't need these guys to play day one. But I I mean, Luther's going to start other than that. I, Sam Horn might be the backup, but I'm not, I, I'm not sure there's another true freshman on the two deep right now. So I, it, it, like I said, I don't know what it means. I just find it interesting. I was doing some research into uh, the, this Mizzou recruiting class and kind of I think there's a discussion that came up in, in one of the group messages I was in about uh, Odom recruiting compared to to Drinkwitz recruiting. And I think that this is one of those things where I was I was looking up the yeah uh, this this 2022 class was 12th in the country, fourth in the SEC. That's the highest Um that the Mizzou has been in a long time in the sec. Um, so thinking about that Never. in terms of, yeah, bringing those guys in and having a class that high and then not having any LTP is a little surprising to me. Um, Sam Horn, I was encouraged just to hear Howard say that, you know, he looks, looks good. Um, that's what I want to hear from Sam Horn. I want to hear that those good reports from Sam. Um, hopefully he can really be that quarterback of the future. I'm, I'm a very big pro Sam Horn guy. Um, but yeah, I, I think that I think that that's that's incredibly interesting. And I wanted to ask you about that, Gabe. How that kind of I said, practice in air quotes was. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, look, I'm big on if I can't tell anything, I don't want to lie. You can't see anything. We were there to see yeah. the depth chart, and you know, it, we were kind of tweeting out, "Hey, there was nothing live," and then we were getting videos from fans that there was live stuff, and I'm like, "Well, there was no live stuff when we were." allowed to be sitting in the stands. That's all I can tell you. Right. And so I don't want to come out like Howard went and saw a scrimmage. So I'm going to trust what he saw. He knows football. Yeah. He's he, he can tell you something. I haven't seen a quarterback throw a, a pass against a defender this month. I, I don't know who's good, bad or indifferent. Right. Uh, what I'm going to learn about this team. The same time you guys are about seven o'clock next Thursday night. That's when I'm going to have any idea what this team is. Do you think, I will say, I was reading Power Mizzou. I feel like I have to give like my Power Mizzou thing like every time. I appreciate that. <laughs> don't, I, I don't even pay for that commercial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is free. But I saw that on what you put on Power Mizzou was that Abrams drain was set up to, you think, do punt returns? He was the one who was back. Now, okay. does that mean he's doing it? I, I have 
absolutely no idea. And like people will laugh at this, but could it be as simple as Eli going, I'm not going to put Luther back there with 2,500 people in the stands. Yeah, I, I'm going to unveil him week one. I mean, he said in a pre-camp interview, he thinks Luther's going to return punts. I, I think he at least has to get a shot, but I don't know. Chris Abrams drain was the guy that the only guy we saw do it on Saturday. I don't think they're trying to give away very much. Um, if if they're anything like uh, NFL training camps, which I know that f- football coaches are weird in the fact that they think that everyone's out to get them and everyone is out to just to steal their ideas and, and give the their ideas away to the other team. Football coaches are weird like that. So it doesn't doubt me that if he tried to just throw something out there to throw everyone off. Yeah. yeah. Not that the screen I mean, wouldn't be good. Yeah. Right. right. I, I think you've at least got to give Luther a look, though. I, and I, they are in practice. Like I've seen some practices. They've been trotting five guys back there and he's one of them. Um, but yeah, I, I think, uh, Hey, once you, I, I'm not sure Louisiana tech's going to be a blowout where you can just do whatever you want to do. But like week three against Abilene Christian, when it's 38 to nothing, trot them out there. Then if, if you haven't done it before. Could be fun too against the Abilene Christian game to see the, some of those freshmen to kind of make this conversation go full circle if they don't get redshirted or, or whatever. Uh, is it four games now? Is that what you have? Is is four yeah. games you can play before getting redshirted? Um, which I think is uh, this is kind of going to be off tra- off topic or off track. I think that's a good idea. Um, I think that is better than the just like the one snap you can't redshirt anymore. That's that's a bad idea. Uh, having it to where you can play four games and being okay, yeah, let's redshirt this year. That's a good idea. It also keeps players engaged. Like it's really hard for a kid because you've got to kind of make that determination early, right? A kid is going to know if he doesn't play against Abilene Christian under the old rules, he knows he's not playing. You've now got 10 more weeks and eight months after that to convince this kid to keep going to practice, keep getting in the weight room, keep doing everything right. And, And that's tough for all these kids who come from being the stars of their school to come and go, yeah, I'm just going to go be a good teammate. Like some people handle that better than others. Well, I hate the injury aspect of football too, because obviously we've been around it forever and there's, you don't make it through a season without an impact player typically getting injured. It's just almost impossible. But I do like that, you know, if you make it to that ninth or 10th game, you know, you've played almost that entire season. And then maybe if you get injured in game two, you still have that, chance to play that season and i like that aspect of uh the four game rule as well well hey that's the best news of camp for missouri so far as we know everybody can still play right i mean there have been no season ending injuries in the last three weeks at least that we've been told about and there are places that that's not true so that's that's the best news i'm sure for him this month are they able? You might know this question, Gabe. Um, are are they able to practice full pads most of the time, or is that a is a drink? What's not like to have them full pads, or what's kind of the rules there? They do. I don't know the exact rules. I mean, I think most there's like an acclimation period. The first two right. days you can't, um, but then I think you're free to do it. But I know he said that basically there's rules. You can only have two practices that are more than fifty percent like scrimmaging. So. <laughs> I don't know what the rules are. I mean, I've literally, guys, I've watched a college football team practice with a towel because they weren't allowed to do it with a ball, but nobody could tell them they couldn't practice with a towel. So, you know, rules are rules in college sports are kind of they're uh, well, yeah. They're I mean, they're, they're just they're that's a good way to put it. 
that word threw me off, but I after I started thinking, I was like, that's a really good way to put it. Uh, so Maggie, you asked, uh, you took the the pulse of Tiger Nation, I should say, um, and you got some questions for us to answer. Uh, what do you got for us? I do. I have a few. Let me see if I can find them. So we do. We got. We get a lot of questions about fan engagement. It's a very popular one, and luckily for Gabe, it's for him. Um, well, I mean, I guess it could be for any of us because it's media. But I mean, I don't consider myself media, so um, maybe it's for you too. So uh, at Down for Mizzou asks, what are your thoughts on how the media can raise fan interest without getting to show much on the team in the off season? He's gonna hate my answer to this so much. That ain't my job, bro. <laughs> my job is to cover the team, not to raise interest. I mean, we want people to be interested in them. Um, but like, you know, that's it, that's their job. That's Desiree Reed Francois's job, Eli Drinkwitz's job to figure that out. I mean, look, selfishly, would I love every practice to be open the way it was up till 2012? Absolutely. It's not that way anymore. I don't have a huge problem with it. Um, I, I think it is. I do think you have to think a little bit about if you're Kirby smart, you can go, yo media, go stand 800 yards away and we're going to laugh at you. Right. But if you're a program that's trying to get more people back in the stands, I, I'm not sure what the harm is of letting Luther do some interviews, letting Jamari and Wayne do some interviews, Sam Horn do, because it, look, I can tell you guys, nobody is there in August to write stories that make them look bad or anything like that. Right. It's all, Nobody's ever going to be more popular than this month. Everybody thinks they're going 10 and 2, 12 and 0, whatever it is. And um, so we're just just there to, to kind of write stories about what's happening. Uh, so I'd like it. But um, the ultimate answer is kind of like Howard's answer to when you said, what do they have to do to get recruits? They just got to win games. I mean, that above and beyond everything else. Um when you were there and I, I mean, I grew up and and I went to Missouri games in the late 80s and early 90s. You could count on the same 35,000 people being there every week. I mean, that was the attendance. It wasn't going to change. You went into the season going, wow, if we could find a way going into the last week of the year to maybe be playing for six and five and playing the Blue Bonnet Bowl, that'd be amazing, right? Never happened, but it was a nice thought for a while. Um, but then it, when I was in school, they they went to a couple bowl games and it built a little. And then Gary came and got what he got going. And they actually sold out games. And it was, I, I mean, it, it was a great atmosphere. People want to be associated with a winning team. I, that's more than anything else. All the other stuff goes away. If they're 10 and two, there's going to be people in the stands. And if there's not, there's going to be whatever there were last year in the stands. Do you think that kind of holds true to the athletic department instead of the media raising interest or the athletic department raising interest? Uh, at pack the zoo asks what the athletic department can do because here's here's the thing for me and this is what i never understand columbia is a decent sized college town it's bigger than a lot of the college towns that we play against and i know a lot of people from come from kansas city and a lot of people come from st louis why can't we get people from columbia because i do feel like there's a lot of people from columbia that do not go to those games it's crazy yeah. to me it's, I mean, you could do entire shows on this, right? <laughs> I, I, I mean, look, people ask me about the fan experience and I say, I, I literally have never bought a ticket as a fan to a Missouri game. I don't know. I, I went as a student 
Um, my parents bought me tickets a few times growing up, but I like, I don't know. I don't sit out there, so I don't know what they can do. I don't know if it bothers people that the bathroom lines are too long or that they don't have enough stuff to do because when I go to sporting events, I go to watch the game, but I think that's not necessarily what a lot of people do. Um, but are there things they can do? Like I've seen, you know, I saw a thing on Twitter today, Florida selling tickets at Costco and everybody likes to laugh at that, but having people there is better than not having people there. Who cares how it happens? You know, I mean, if you have to give tickets away free, then give tickets away free because what happens is those people go to games and maybe they go and say, you know what? That was fun. My kid liked running around on the hill and my, my, my 15 year old watched and man, he really likes this, this Brady cook dude. He wants to see him play more. And so they come back the next week and then, it kind of becomes what they do. So many places in the SEC, they go because, well, that's just what you do on Saturday. It's what my parents did on Saturday. That's what my grandparents did on Saturdays. And that is not the culture of Missouri fans. And I, the only way you change that is just to win a whole bunch for a long time. Um, But the truth is, like, I, I don't know, guys. It's not bad sitting on your couch watching – being able to flip and watch nine games on TV. And that's a tough thing to battle against. Incredible. It's really not. It's honestly, I, I love watching games at home or I like watching. I love being the fan experience. I do like being there as a fan. I like mingling with people before I, the issue is I live in St. Louis. I don't like driving there. I don't, especially for 11 a.m. I mean, games. I don't like right. doing that. <laughs> or for night games, right? Mm-hmm. that too because you get i mean by the time you get out of town it's been an hour since the game's over anyways right. so if, if you're coming from st louis to tailgate for a game you are either getting a hotel unless it's a three o'clock kickoff you're getting a hotel the night before or the night after one of the two mm-hmm. um it is a nine hour day probably at the stadium right two three hours before maybe an hour after the game's going to take four hours because every game takes four hours You've probably spent 400, 500 bucks. You get back on late Saturday night or Sunday, you got to work. I mean, it, it is an investment for people and it is it is on the team to give people reasons to decide that investment is worth it. I mean, Maggie, you're like one of the most diehard Missouri fans probably out there and you're just saying, yeah, I don't know. I'd kind of rather watch at home, right? That's what these schools are fighting against. I know a lot, of, a lot, a lot of my Twitter, my Twitter group chat, they get kind of upset with me. I mean, I'm planning on going to more games this year, but I mean, I have, when I have other things going on, I'm also female. We have like people keep getting married and having showers, which is a whole nother topic. Uh, (laughs) You've you've used all your vacation days in the last three months. We know that. (laughs) Right. Um, But I mean, I, uh, it's just a process. It's a pro that's the best way I could put it is it's just a process. And then it's also like, you don't want to go, by yourself so then it's a get convincing someone else to go with you and i mean last year i went to the, i went to the kentucky game it was awesome we stayed for the weekend and you know i'm buying my friends tickets as well <laughs> so i mean that it's kind of the way to get people to go and it's it's frustrating it's frustrating you want to see a full stadium you want to see a full stadium when you're watching it on tv because yeah. a lot of people are like, oh, it's just me. It's not going to matter if I don't go. That's not going to m- show any difference on the television. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's frustrating as a fan on both sides, going, not going. I think it's really interesting, too, because it's these conferences are signing these big, huge, mega TV deals, right? 
And then it's like people get upset when no one's showing up. Well, you sign these big, huge mega TV deals so people don't have to show up. So it's like one of those things where it's okay. I mean, you're doing one thing and then being upset of the, the ramifications of its actions. All right. Uh, um, I, that's just one of those things that I always find really interesting is that they, they go out of their way to make sure they can take all the money that they can from TV networks and then be shocked when people decide to stay home and watch it on TV. Well, well, and the hard part for a college fan is this is like, it is a direct impact on the product. I mean, the more people that go, you know, this is not pro sports where everybody's making the same amount of money there. Does it ultimately matter if 78,000 or 28,000 go to Arrowhead Stadium on Saturday? I mean, probably in some way, but the Chiefs are still going to have roughly the same amount of money to spend and and all that. But you don't get to draft kids. Like, they have to want to come there. If your stadium's empty, they're less likely to want to come there. So the college fan has a much more direct impact on it. And I never tell anybody how to spend their money or how to spend their time. Totally up to them. But when it is very obvious, and I say the same thing about NIL, like I have no problem with a single person who says I'm not spending my money on NIL. Cool. That is, but you also forfeit a little bit of right to bitch that the team's not as good as you want them to be. Right. If you don't go to games, if you aren't contributing to that, like your frustration on Saturday when they're losing at Auburn rings a little bit hollow because And I know that's not fair to college fans, but that's what the game is. And that's why it's so, so hard in this league. And when when they joined, Gary Pinkle said, we've got to be all bought in on every level. We're 10 years in, and I don't know if Missouri's all bought in on every level. Maggie, you got any more questions for us or are we, uh, we good to wrap this up? I actually have one more. Uh, okay. It kind of goes back to recruiting a little bit, but uh, it's from at CM Dub. How committed will Luther Burden be to staying with the team after this year? And then I know we, we were talking about getting into – well, we were talking about getting into records. It's kind of why I wanted to ask that. What's our record need to be to keep those types of players? Yeah, It's a fair question, but like – I don't know, man. Let's enjoy the next 12, 13 games and see what it's like, right? I, 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 we understand what it is, but I just don't think it's a hypothetical that it does anybody any good to get into before the first games even been. I mean, dude's got his own potato chips now, right? Like, I don't know. Is he getting that somewhere else? I'm not sure he is. I mean, and the fact of the matter is, is that we could probably win 10 games and he could still choose to leave. I mean, right. that's the reality of the situation in the new transfer portal NIL world is that it just nothing may be enough. Right. I think Maggie just picked him to win 10 games. So hope so. Oh shoot. (laughs) Well, let's do that. Let's, let's talk about this. Let's give predictions. Howard didn't want to, so we have to, Uh, that's kind of how, how it works off. Uh, I guess, should we just run through the games and just say win or loss? Um, Sure. Let's, let's do it that way. Um, Start off Louisiana Tech. Uh, that's a dub, right? It's a win, but it's going to be closer than Missouri fans want it to be. I think. I I would agree with that. Sadly, um, week two, September tenth, Manhattan, Kansas. I will be in attendance um, against Kansas State. What do we think, guys? Go ahead. Uh, okay, let's let's hypothetically give them a W. Let's hypothetically say Kansas State fans. 
very confident going into this game. If you've read Twitter, very confident going into this game. Let's go ahead and say that our run defense has improved and we win that game. Because here, the way I was looking at it is it will either – I'm hoping we take Auburn or Kansas State. Not saying we will, but I'm trying to factor that a little bit into my final prediction. So let's go – if I'm going to pick one, oh, that's hard because I should pick an SEC one. But I would really like to beat Kansas State. I'm not lying. The Kansas State fans are very confident for a team that has Adrian Martinez as their quarterback. Um, but I don't. I, I have a hard time thinking that Deuce Vaughn's not going to do anything against uh, this defense. I've That's spent some one. long days covering games in Manhattan, Kansas. I would hypothetically not give Missouri a win in that game, but that's just my guess. But I uh, we we did have multiple in the late two thousands because yeah. yeah, I'm I'm a little. This again, I'm spoiled. I none of my time spent at Mizzou did we ever lose to K-State. Not a single time. Wow. So I know, considering we lost to them like 13 years in a row. Most of the time, right. Most of yeah. the time. I mean, not. Mm-hmm. We're 60 and 38 against them. So but let's, just, give us, right. let's give us a little bit. Most but, of not, the Bill Snyder times. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, so I was there from 06 to 10, and I think we beat them 06 to 11 or okay. whatever that was. It was five years in a row. So I never saw us lose to them. I'm, I would love I'm to. I'm though. It's. It's like K-State or Auburn. Yeah. You kind of got to win one of those to get where you want to get. And if I'm picking one, I don't know why. I just think Auburn's a little more likely. Yeah. I'll take it. I don't know. Yeah. I'll take it. We get a revenge game against Kansas State next year without Deuce Vaughn. So, so I mean, I'll take the Auburn sure. game if, if if we have to. I mean, bottom you know. line is if they're going to get where they want to get, they've got to be three and one after four games. How they get the three and one, yeah. whatever. Right. Exactly. So, so uh, just keeping, I'm just keeping track here. Uh, Gabe and I both have him at one on one after two. Maggie, you got him at two and zero oh after two. Abilene Christian, I'm gonna chalk that up as a dub. Um, they don't even if have that's a loss. Of... Cancel the season. <laughs> they don't even have Podcast <laughs> is over if that's a loss. Cancel everything. Yeah, <laughs> it's fair. Um, and this is the big one: Auburn on September the 24th. Um, you know, I'll I'll give them a win for this one just because. Um, I think I said at the the first episode of this podcast they need to be three and three, like three and three in their first six. That is a necessity um, for this team, and I, I think I'll give them this. I would pick them to win because I found out like it does no good to be the wet blanket before the season starts. Like if I had a DraftKings account, I wouldn't actually do anything with this game on it, but I'll I'll go ahead and pick them to win. So I'll take the loss then. I'll do the I'll take the loss. So everybody's three and one. Yeah. Three and one, three and one. Georgia, you can skip that the same way you can skip Abilene yeah. Christian. Yeah, Georgia, that one's going to be uh, now. Uh, Missouri and Florida on October the eighth. This is, I think, this one's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I don't know what I'm giving us. This. I'm giving us a loss on this one, uh, only because it's in the swamp. I don't think Florida is going to be anything special. I think they'll probably finish around fourth or fifth in the SEC East. Um, but I'm going to give us a loss because I think playing in the swamp, we had Drew Locke, we killed them, but I, I mean, I don't, we don't have Drew Locke. So I just, I, I don't think I could take myself seriously if I pick them to win at Auburn and at Florida, right? Like yeah. they might, but I'll take a loss in this one. That's a tough road schedule uh, uh, yeah. as well. When you start to look at the games that they go to in the, in the SEC um, now Vanderbilt, I, I hope we can skip over this better one like win. we did. Yeah. It better, it a, better a, be. a W on homecoming. A W on homecoming. Listen, that's 
It's all fair. Now, now South Carolina on October the 29th. This game's going to be a, I think this game's going to be a rock fight. It always this is. is. This Every is year. what determines if Missouri is better than most people think. Because I think yeah. Missouri will be an underdog in this game. If your program is where your program should be, I think you win this game. So, I mean, I'm going to pick them to win it today. That might be different in two months, but. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna also give. I'm gonna give them the the W in this one. I, I have written down South Carolina or Kentucky. Like those are my two that I'm like. Which of those two do I think? I'm gonna go ahead and give him South Carolina because I'm gonna give Drinkwitz the benefit of the doubt. Uh, he's two and zero against them. We're three and zero in the last three years against them. And then those games are crazy. That's the only thing is you never know what's gonna happen. We've had monsoons. We've had the the goalpost boink. We've yep. had come, we've come back from like three touchdowns down. I think they've come back from, I think the Monsu game, they came back from however many. Uh, it's going to be crazy, I'm sure. There, it always is. But I'm going to give us the W on that one. It's four games left here in this season. I think we all have them sitting at the same record of, uh, yeah, six, six and three. Five and three. Five, five and three. Did I add another W? I think I did. Yeah. Uh, five and three. Yep. Yeah. Math's hard. Um, so it's counting. Look, yes. Counting math. It's all, it's all, I, I went into podcasts, not math. Um, there's a reason. <laughs> um, so we're looking at Kentucky now that game is, uh, right back to back. So that, that South Carolina game could be a real, uh, momentum hinge point in this season, especially if they drop that and then go, uh, have to play Kentucky. That's, that's a tough one. They're ranked 20th in the country right now, which I got. Kentucky's think is, good guys. Like yeah. Kentucky's good. They're dang it. They're a lot better than South Carolina is. Yeah, I'm I think I'm gonna I'm giving us the loss on this one. The only reason they were even in my hunt is just because it's home and yeah. you know, we played them in those close we play them in those stupid close games at home they as well. That, yeah. yeah. That yeah, I think only a couple of them have been outside of 10 points. I mean, out of the amount we played, I think maybe three have been outside of 10 points or maybe even four, and two of them were them and two of them were us with those, and most of them are close games, including last year. But I think I'm still going to give Kentucky the edge because it's hard to pick against them when they've kind of owned us a little bit. So, Yep. They're good. I don't like that, but they are. Uh, Now Tennessee on November the 12th. This is a team where – I don't know any about anything about this Tennessee team. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, Hendon Hooker's back. Josh Heupel puts up a lot of points, and boy, they embarrassed Missouri last year. Yeah, I can't did. even. I can't even do Tennessee the disrespect by picking Mizzou in this game. They beat us by that bad that I absolutely have to pick Tennessee. And I feel like I would be a, doing them a big injustice by doing Tennessee's it. got a chance to be like seven and two. One reason I'm looking forward to this game, like I've been to that stadium, but there have been 25,000 empty seats because Kentucky's no good. I'd kind of like to go to that stadium with 108,000 people and see what it's like, mm. you know? Yeah. But I think Tennessee wins. Yeah. This this last part of the schedule, I think. So we've well, got you, them five. We've all got them five and five with two games to go, right? Yes, yes, we do. Okay. Um, you obviously have the uh, you know, the the non conference game, the second week, second to last week of the season. The yeah, you know, New Mexico State. Yeah, New Mexico yep. State. Um, should so be that's a double for everybody. Six and five. There we go. And now we've got Arkansas, number nineteen, Arkansas. By the way. Um, Sam Pittman, fun fact, former Trenton High School football coach where I went to school, 
not at the same time that I went to school there, but um, same place as Andy Hill, longtime Missouri assistant. Uh, they were both both in Trenton. So anyway, what do we got for Arkansas? This is where I get to seven and five. I I pick Missouri to win this game. They're not as good. Arkansas is probably a better team, but like Arkansas, last game of the year, Arkansas played. They have the meanest schedule in the history of college football every year, just playing in that division. And, you know, I last game of the year, day after Thanksgiving, weird things happen. I'll take Missouri to get them to seven and five. Um, I, again, do I believe it? I don't know. I could see, I could see five and seven, but I can see seven and five too. And why piss everybody off before the season even starts, <laughs> right? I'm with you. I think I think they can get take this game. It, this is one of those two with it being at the end of the year. These two teams could be on completely different trajectories than they're projected at the beginning of the season. Um, so I think that once you get down in here, especially like South Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee area, uh, you're like, well, we have no idea how these teams are going to look at this point in the season. Um, so I think getting a dub against Arkansas is good. They, they've kind of owned Arkansas. Let's be honest. They've kind of owned Arkansas. Um, Not last I, year as much. But. Yeah, up until last year, really. Right, but yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go against you guys on this one. I'm gonna give Arkansas the win. I have us a six and six. I think that's. I mean, of of I, all I, the I, things I expected when we started this, me picking Missouri to have a better record than Maggie was not <laughs> on the table. Uh, like I, just, I legitimately uh, thought Maggie was gonna be like, yeah, I'm afraid they're gonna lose Arkansas and end up eleven and one. I mean, people. some Twitter people hate me about this as well. So we're on the same page there, Gabe. But I just think Arkansas, yes, they lost a lot. They did. But they have those players that just keep coming back. Bumper pool. You know, they, I'm like, are you ever going to leave? That's how I feel about bumper pool. But I just feel like they just have a little bit of an edge. I, I'm ready also for KJ to kind of leave too. So... <laughs> I was ready for Traylon Burks to leave, and then they got Hazelwood from Oklahoma. So it's just, you know, some more talent in there. I don't think – I think they're going to be beat up. I really do. I think it's a better game than it was last year. But I'm not sure if I see them taking the W on this one. So we all kind of got them hovering around 500. Best case scenario is what we're looking at, 7-5, and five, and then 5-7, and seven, kind of that area as the, as the, uh, the floor, maybe, is it fair to say? I mean, I think if you go floor, ceiling, floors four and eight, ceilings eight and four, maybe if everything's perfect and like some other dudes get hurt nine and three, right? But yeah. in reality, five to seven is is the range I think everybody's looking at. Yeah, I'm good with I that. Agree. I think most people with this being the freshman class that everybody's very excited about, I think people will still be okay at six and six. I think we'll still keep a little bit of excitement, some engagement. People won't be like, oh my gosh, fire everybody. I think if we Depen- can make that depends on how you get there. The the, yeah. the interesting thing to me is what happens if Brady Cook throws for 3,500 yards and they're eight and four. Then then it's a real interesting offseason. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we all want that. So if that happens, yeah. we'll, we'll don't tease me with your storylines, Gabe. <laughs> don't tease me with these hypotheticals. Hey. Hey, I've already become the optimistic guy on this podcast, so my work I, here is done. It's no joke. Very What's going on? Yeah, it only took three episodes to get Gabe on the positive side. 
Who who knew it would have <laughs> just wait till after Louisiana Tech. <laughs> well, we will preview that Louisiana Tech game next week. Uh, we'll only be a matter of days, a matter of moments away from the kickoff of college football season for the Missouri Tigers. We'll be back with you guys next week. So thank you for tuning in to this episode of Mizzou. That's who on the KC Sports Network. We'll talk to you next week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.